Britain of his childhood. <laughs> yeah. The one race Britain of his childhood. Yeah, no, that was... What was it? When he was a kid, England was 99% white. Yeah. I love that. So, like, it's like, even someone who is like... Even someone who's like criminally misinformed knows that that's not true. It doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. Yeah, it just does it. It's just it, that's just like blatant misinformation. There is something interesting, I think, especially in that. There's a lot of interesting stuff about that um, question time episode. Yeah, but I do think you see the like the ideological like traps he gets himself into just because he does clearly. He is like a hor- he's a racist, a homophobe like misogynist, all these things, yeah. and he does genuinely believe in all that stuff. Yeah. But his like primary political mission is to make it all acceptable. And you see so much him getting into these weird like holes that don't really make any sense. So much inconsistency and like yeah. which then for them, for those people are is like picked up on immediately. But nowadays it's quite normal, you know. Yeah. Just like people just making shit up. He's kind of a trailblazer for sort of weird, modern politics. That- the the like the content of what he was saying wasn't wasn't out like the the kind of the topic of what he was saying was up for debate on that panel. Yeah, but yeah. It was like the, the immigration thing. Anyway. Well, but, like, but I think there loads of those like things. The, like I was saying when we were watching it, is they're all they're all on the same page. Like it's Jack Straw, Chris Hewn, uh, Baroness Warsey. And Nick Griffin and David Dimbleby. I'm not Bonnie Greer is my, it's a bit of an outlier in those. Yeah, but yeah. That the but she's like a historian, her, isn't she? All agree. There's like consensus on like immigration's out of control. Yeah, and all that stuff. Well, well, you got. And it's only got... that he says it in a slightly distasteful way. I think it's kind of like it's like a pre- good works as a precursor to like Trump and Johnson. Yeah, because yeah. the reason people don't like them is not because they're saying things that necessarily they disagree with. It's just that they say them in like the wrong way they're not like statesmanly enough you know yeah. like he like focuses on p- people's skin colour outwardly rather than doing it rather than yeah. like, implying it like, insidiously how you're supposed to I think as well though it just sort of like showed me that those talking points have been mainstream for a long time yeah like yeah, you've yeah. got straw talking about Australia based points uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Australian points yeah. which is what we have now um, but at a t- that was 2009 yeah, and the Labour and government had introduced it. Had, had introduced it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the uh, the socialist heroes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, I'll definitely be uh, <laughs> be voting for Keir Starmer, obviously, in the leadership election. Yeah. To get back to sensible politics, like yeah. uh, you know, yeah, well, Australian the... points system. Immigration. To get back to the kind of politics that Liam Gallagher, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> he's my my political load star. <laughs> he's my political spirit level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Liam Gallagher doesn't, Liam, <laughs> is it okay to think this? <laughs> That's what I didn't. He, didn't he say? Uh, was it him or Noel who said Corbyn was like a bit creepy? Yeah, or they're like, both fucking. A, he's a bit of a fucking weirdo. Like, they're, they're fucking nuts, aren't they? I watched an uh, interview with one of them. I think it was Noel. And he was, like, getting all misty-eyed about how... He was going, like, yeah, when, when I want a cup of tea, one little fucking idiot doing the tea bag. That's fucking Geordie, idiot doing, That's you know, not Mank. That's Geordie. Well, I don't fucking care. When I want a cup of tea, like, one little oh, fucking... Fucking one little fucking idiot with a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, uh, the other thing I'd like to make clear at the beginning of this podcast is 
I just, just the north is like a kind of <laughs> a hazy, <laughs> completely foreign bubble to me, and all the accents are completely indistinguishable. Um, okay. <laughs> On that note, parody. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, no, but but yeah, no, it's yeah. fucking weird. I mean, what an odd thing to be like. Yeah, politics. Yeah, politics isn't working because Noel Gallagher has to boil a kettle for himself. <laughs> Oh, the two biggest. Well, I also like that they were the whole panel was uh, condemning Jack Straw for being too nice to immigrants. The same man who, when he's at the Home Office, uh, strips refugees of of benefits and made them use vouchers so that they yeah. could get food. He was. Yeah, that's the other thing that needs pointing out. When you're talking he was so things, liberal. Is that so Jack Shaw is definitely the most evil man on that. Yeah. Apart from maybe David Dimbleby might run him out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> There's a lot of stuff I fear. I just, I'm, I don't want to say anything libelous, but I feel there's some stuff in his private life that, you know, yeah. Yeah. I uh, don't want to get too specific. No, it's just a personal but... opinion that I yeah. think that he has. That's may, a personal, yeah. 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 Um, no, um, I think he may that... have sort of child uh, rape dungeons and things. <laughs> oh. He just seems like that kind of guy. I'm not saying he does. Yeah. Parody. Parody is what <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, Satire. Yeah. Massive quotation. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, it's an opinion. But on Straw, like Straw, Straw is like a horrendously evil individual. He was like Blair's Goering. Yeah. When, when yeah, it came, yeah, yeah. When it yeah, came to Iraq, yeah. he was like the... He was the um, he was the right-hand man in, in Mass Murder. He was foreign secretary doing that, wasn't he? So, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And that's weird. That was, the, like, weird. Like, this this panel, which includes a neo-Nazi, like a literal Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Nazi sort of, like, sort of, like, thug-life schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, he's like, uh, what's his comment on that's Iraq? That's talking he's about like, I'm, not the, I'm not the talking one about who... who hates Muslims. He's like, I'm responsible, basically, I'm responsible for slightly fewer literal like Muslim deaths than you are, Jack. And they yeah. all just sort of breeze past it. Partly because everyone around that fucking table, apart from, again, I don't, Bonnie Greer, probably not, but everyone around that table and most of the people in the audience probably pro the Iraq war and probably, yeah. I mean, the whole like dis, disavowal of it on like a like mainstream level is quite a new thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. In 2009, it's probably still... Well, there would have been the same level of, um, of plants... At work in the audience, yeah, true, true. like what we've seen now with that fucking awful degenerate Tommy Pe- supporter, yeah, Peach, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Princess Peach, Princess Peach, <laughs> yeah. Her, yeah. No, she's um, my princess. <laughs> I'm she's the people's... marry her. <laughs> she's the people's princess. Now that we've gotten rid of Megan, she's the new people's <laughs> princess. <laughs> she stepped into the into the empty shoes of well, Lady Di. Mehran is coming back to the UK apparently. Apparently, Canada's too dangerous. Really? really? Yeah. Roving a, gangs. That was a headline I didn't click on this morning. Oh right. Well, yeah. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. We'll definitely be bringing you updates to the Meghan situation. Yeah. Meghan. I'd like to protect her. Yeah. That there's a lot of people we'd like to protect. I think as white, yeah. I think as white cis straight men, our <laughs> our role is as what is it? Masculine heterosexual Christian. Yeah, men. masculine <laughs> heterosexual Christians. Our role is as protectors, I think. Uh, particularly of the female, the the weaker sex, as I 
<laughs> that is actually one of the like three values, three traditional British values that Griff Dog quotes yeah. in that. In the question time thing. Yeah. That whole idea. Yeah. When he's the... been asked why why Islam is evil. Oh right. That's the yeah. first thing he says. That's the whole idea, though. Like the uh, the fairer sex is such a euphemism. Yeah, right? yeah. For like, it's such a sort of chauvinist. But what I'm trying to say is, you. I mean, you guys are probably going to approach this episode from the point of view of Nick Griffin, the racist, and I want to approach it from Nick Griffin, the champion of feminism. British <laughs> <laughs> politics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, you know, we all make mistakes. Do you and know what feminism is? You are, you're what? asking... Yeah, you're I asking mean, it me. seems like a, yeah. Well, that's not really the point. I think the problem is the Islamification of... Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, if you're, you can see it in the streets. You can see it with your own eyes. Uh, things have changed. Mm. Definitely from how I remember them. Yeah. Uh, you do see a lot of unaccompanied women walking around these days, don't yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, sadly, it's not the 50s anymore. That is fucking sad. It's well, that, we can all agree is, on that. that you know, yeah. the biggest tragedy <laughs> yeah. of our modern time. We don't even need to unpack that. You can yeah. just leave it like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest tragedy. That, I would venture, is... Oh, I mean, people talk about 9-11 being a tragedy, but... Yeah. Like, it they, not being the 50s. Yeah, how we let... Yeah. <laughs> How we let the fifties get away? The thirty-first of December, nineteen fifty-nine. It's probably the saddest yeah. day in history. How I we was were... reading about um, Griff's best mate, the uh, absolutely hilarious Jack Sen, yeah, um, who is you know just unbelievably racist. But he, one of his things that he's really sad about is that, and this is, he's specifically sad that it's not 1937 anymore. Oh, really? He describes that as the ideal year, because he had your man Mosley and, <laughs> and uh, Adolf, sort of you know, yeah. twin poles of Western power. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So, you know, so this all, all things to think about. This is the man who's in regular contact with David Duke. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Jack Sen, also uh, formerly known as... Yeah, uh, Sen, and it's been more racist than him by not getting his by name By butchering right. the pronunciation. Yeah. You'd uh, sink for lower than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, the, well, well, yeah. do the impossible and <laughs> be racist to Jack Sen. Uh, hold on. Yeah, Dilip Sengupta is his... Dilip Sen, Sen Gupta. And he threw a, yeah, there's a good, he threw, threw there's a uh, documentary in which he's outed as having changed his name and he throws a tantrum <laughs> at his mum for telling the documentarian. His mum who he, who, who he probably lives with, I'd imagine. Yeah. In her, in her basement, presumably. Yeah. Um, with his, with his, um, with his anime waifu, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's actually married to a fascist Ukrainian. Oh, is he? Right? Yeah. Um, Have they ever met? I wonder. It's just sort of online. No, I think I think they had. They're, they're you know in regular, regular contact. She's very very beautiful. Is she? Mm. <laughs> She's got some good. Um, yeah, his wife admits she was attracted to him because she thought he looked like Keanu Reeves. So, wow! Yeah, yeah. that's a man of that's... Japanese. Oh, you... or I don't know. Maybe he's not. She. Uh, 
Well, he, he just likes karate. Wait, let's get up a picture of him again. He's got the same sort of oh yeah beautiful body. He doesn't look like Keanu Reeves. No, he doesn't. He looks like um. I don't really a half Indian man. <laughs> I think really I think he could be. He's almost he he's like Owen Jones of the right. Jackson. Yeah. He's um. He's a, yeah horrible. He's, he's more like Ken Loach. <laughs> he's, he's made such, what's uh, those films that he made with with Griffin and uh, oh yeah that are con- widely considered to be the most important most important uh, cinema of the far yeah. right and of course oh you're talking about the election the recruitment election yeah, and, and of course <laughs> how could we I'm really sad that we can't uh, just launch into that with a cool featuring featuring of course the one and only Jack Renshaw. Yeah. Um, now serving a life sentence for um, being over enthusiastic about his passions. His many passions. His many passions. <laughs> yeah. But let's not go too far into him because I imagine we'll uh, cover him yeah. sometime in the future. Um, but yeah, that that recru- that particular video, uh, the link. To which will be in the description, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, the 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 best part of it, I think, is um, there's a couple of really good, really like just sort of diamond sections. One of them is is a um, is an actor who uh, is playing a vicar, like a sort of Middle England <laughs> vicar, who's the spitting image of just Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So <laughs> he's the spitting oh, image. Watch this video. No, but, my, but but credit credit to my mate Alan who uh, who pointed that out to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said like he's the spitting image of Corbyn, and he um he's sort of like locking the church door, and turns round, and he goes, "I implore you to vote for the British National Party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To put an end to the Islamification of Great Britain." He is this. Uh, he is this week's uh, uh, far right priest. Last, <laughs> last episode we had uh, obviously Dowson. the great Dowson. Yeah, yeah. True. Who maybe would be Archbishop of our far right <laughs> clergy, but we'll is he is he locking the church so no Jews get in and turn it into a synagogue? Yeah, probably. Oh, well, Corbyn, I mean, he's he's you know. he seems to have more of a bee in his bonnet about Islamification. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he's uh, he's locking in. All the all the young, beautiful Aryan girls of the village, so they don't get groomed by the yeah the yeah by the Muslim roving gangs. Menace. They're safe with yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'll really... take I'll take good care of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not her. She's too old. I really hate it when someone from the wrong religion rapes one of my kids. Yeah, <laughs> That's an absolute nightmare for me. Yeah, but if, well, but if that... it's if it's from the right religion, it it doesn't exist and that's that's partly why it's kind of a shame it's not the 50s anymore when paedophilia didn't exist yeah well it was just about it was about teaching children valuable lessons whereas now it's about grooming yeah it used to be about sort of love and commitment yeah yeah (laughs) getting over over attached in a way yeah being being too over enthusiastic sort of like the Lewis Carroll school of 
But yeah. um, I, I think... Bouncing a young boy on your lap <laughs> while you happen to have a hard-on. Yeah. It was sort of a, a worship of God's creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Oh, true. whimsical days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved God so mm. much that I assaulted one of his finest works, man. Yeah. <laughs> All of his creations are beautiful and sexy, yeah. including. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to get them when they're hot off the press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that's a bit too hippie for me. Oh, uh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, actually, fifties as well. Yeah. There are some that are less. Less oh, good. worthy well, of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Less worthy of my cock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party. It's a party. Yes, yes, yes. The bass goes on. You're listening to Gammonauts, the podcast examining the British far right and the media moguls and moderates who sculpt our political landscape. I'm Ivo, and with me are my brother Dave. Hello. And my brother, my brother, Osh. Konnichiwa. (laughs) (laughs) Out you go. None of that foreign tripe in here. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Um, Today we're we're, um, discussing Nick Griffin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah today this week we're talking about nick griffin uh long-time leader of the the most distinguished english political party the one party that never lied to the (laughs) british public never once not even once not even once not knowingly at least they might have made mistakes they may have been led astray yeah yeah well they were probably by the globalists yeah probably misquoted by the uh the media run by, I don't want to say which group, but <laughs> there's definitely a group. Yeah, which that kind of uh, that kind of dog whistle uh, anti-Semitism is something that is almost a hallmark of um, Griffin's public sort of whenever he speaks in public, like all of the local dogs go fucking ape shit. Because of the amount of dog whistling he does, yeah, <laughs> just like just like in that video, <laughs> all the bulldogs, all the local bulldogs, yeah. Because it's it's the type of dog whistle that only British bulldogs, yeah, exactly, hear. yeah, heritage breed. <laughs> well, I was really I was amazed that he got married, uh, and then having heard him speak and seen a photo of his wife, it suddenly all fits together. I'm calling his wife a dog. First. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, again, I'm approaching this episode from the the point of view that actually we've got a lot to learn from Nick Griffin as a champion of feminist values. So yeah. I'm glad that you're proving my point there, Dave, that the dirtbag left still hates women. <laughs> I do. 
hates women, <laughs> but no. not not as much as they hate Britain. Yeah, yeah. No. So yeah. they only hate women because they're in Britain. Yeah, they're soiled by yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, th- yeah. So Nick Griffin. Um, brief background. Uh, born in 1959, which makes him which was um, the best. Decade wasn't it, Osh? Was that? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it Isn't was the one yeah. tra- the greatest tragedy? Didn't you? The say? greatest tragedy, um, the the most tragic day in history was when the fifties ended, which was yeah. the thirty first of December, nineteen fifty nine. Clearing that up. Yeah. Where <laughs> the fifties became the sixties or the sick sixties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, entirely. The generate era. Um, yeah, the, the sinning 60s. The sinning, si- the sinning sick <laughs> these. Yeah. yeah. How laboured can we make this? Oh, it's already incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Push so brief, brief, brief background, sorry. Born in Barnet in 1959. The son, <laughs> the son of Edgar Griffin. Can I just... That is ironic because he does have a spectacular Barnet. He He's does. He's got a beautiful yeah, head so. of Very way. strange parting. Yeah. It is, isn't it? So yeah. quiet. It's like not side and it's not mid. It's sort of smit, smit, smide. Yeah. yeah. Smide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's sleep deprivation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So born in 59. Son of Edgar Griffin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, who was a um, member of the Conservative Party? Uh, who was uh, later in life was um, the vice president of Ian Duncan Smith's uh, leadership campaign in the early noughties. Uh He was booted out of the campaign by IDS for his links to the BNP. Um, there's a very funny quote by him. Uh, which we'll go into later on. Uh, but he, yeah, mm. so, son of Edgar Griffin, Tory councillor. Uh, his family moved to Suffolk, he was about eight, uh, where he attended Woodbridge School, and later St. Felix School for his A-levels. Um, he claims to have read Mein Kampf at the age of 14, uh, which apparently... He's on the syllabus. Would have been on the syllabus yeah. in some of those schools. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. At the time. But uh, he, yeah, he claims to have read Mein Kampf at the age of 14, uh, which he apparently found very boring apart from one chapter. Yeah. Um, he also joined the National Front. That's my problem with Mein Kampf. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. I don't get it. It's, it's so yeah. weird. It's like all of, the, all of the good times are just put in one chapter. Yeah. yeah. And all the laughs. <laughs> Normally you get them peppered through. But, yeah. But. Does, he mention, does he name the chapter or is he, does he leave that? I think he day? goes in. He doesn't go into it. Yeah. But he, he also, at the same age as uh, reading Mein Kampf, joined the National Front age 14 after his dad took him to a national front meeting um he lied about his age to to be oh yeah yeah because you can't you at the time importantly you couldn't join the national front until you were 15 yeah (laughs) that's important but also like you know like a a long he fits into a, a history of brave young men who who lied about their step up for their country that's true. That's very lied good point. about their age. Yeah, to join 
To serve. To serve. Yeah. And he really was serving his, his country when he lied about his age to join the National Front. He is a, yeah, quoted as saying that they weren't at that point. He's very adamant on this. They weren't the uh, awful bunch of skinheads they became. Yeah, skinhead yeah. boys. You know, they're actually pretty... They're, they're very, you know, yeah. civilised white nationalists. They were very haired. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Endowed with... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you had to be over the age of 15. Nick, that's not... a nice full head of hair <laughs> the National Front. Nick, that's not our problem with them. <laughs> it's not some sort of anti-bald. And I can assure you that they were, they were thoroughly haired. That's completely untrue. Printed by um, uh, a typically lying British media. By, um, uh, well, he's sort of like tripping over every word. So he's just in his head, like, his head is screaming like anti-Semitic yeah. slurs <laughs> that he just wants to say in reference to the BBC yeah. and the mainstream media. But he's, he, ne- he just remembers that he's on question time and yeah. he can't. It's like if you can imagine a control panel just with like the... A button that's like Jewish, just yeah. flashing. Like, yeah. beep, beep, that's beep. the inside of his head. He's like desperately trying. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. Trying to ignore it. Anyway, um, he he came. He uh, he met Martin Webster. Uh, uh, yeah. In the National Front, quite a um, quite an interesting figure. Don't you love it when history links that you know people, great minds happen to happen to be in the same place at the same time. I mean, it's, to bond. yeah, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's like the meeting of, of kind of like any sort of great duo yeah. you can think of. Well, I think, I think like he, he, he met Martin Webster in the, in the NF and it was almost like, it was like the moment that Marx and Engels first met. Yeah. <laughs> it was that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, but, uh, sort of for, to further that point, um, Webster, who was openly gay, is openly gay. I think he's still alive. I'm not sure. That's that's you could. That's just clear how little research I've done. Yeah. Um, Webster, who was slash is, openly, he is still alive, openly gay. Well, no, if he's still alive, he's probably still openly gay. Probably, but so he's openly I think he gay. Is still alive. He's he's openly gay at the same time as being a neo-Nazi, um, which is an interesting point made on Conservapedia. Yeah. Um, the Westpedia. It states that in, in the opening of his Conservapedia page, it states that uh, Martin Webster, British neo-Nazi and homosexual, his case, dem- <laughs> <laughs> his case demonstrates that there is no contradiction between being a Nazi and being a homosexual. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it does quite explicitly demonstrate that. Yeah. I think, but there, there's also um, an the interesting great- point. The, the way that um, Conservapedia's relationship with um, kind of queer identity is that, like uh, on, on other on on the uh, profiles of other Nazis who have been gay, it really tries to labour that point. Yeah, that you can be a you Nazi, can be and, a Nazi gay and gay, and gay. Yeah. at the same time. They're like really, really desperate to put that point across. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Webster claims that he had an affair with Griffin when Griffin was 16. Um, and he's quoted as saying that Griffin was his bit on the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of many. But, I mean, one of many. That implies it was one. I of mean, many. there is some speculation about how he lost his eye. I don't know if <laughs> <laughs> poisonous Nazi cum got in there. 
acidic. Yeah. <laughs> we should put. I mean, the Webster's exit from from that party from was it from Nation, National Front or? Well, he was clearly like, forced out for being gay, but the National Front always denied that. No, it, it was, but it was. It, I think it was. I think it was stated that that was why. It was because he'd been recruiting people that were deemed unsavoury and had uh, uh, dubious relationships with younger members. Oh, Christ. Nice. Lovely. Yeah. Charming. Yeah, fantastic. Charming. Um, I want to add, can I add a tiny bit of colour to his, his young childhood in Barnet? Yeah. Something we've skipped over is his description of what his life was like, what he would, what he would do as a kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, he liked... He liked counting black people walking down the streets of London. That was one of his favourite pastimes as a, yeah. as a young boy in Barnet. I mean, yeah. he can't have counted many. Sounds because... really fun. Well, yeah, because... According, yeah. according to him, the Britain of his childhood <laughs> consisted of 99.9% .9 white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, that's maybe why it was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he actually just wants to go back. Yeah, it's a short. Back to it's time a, it was fun to see one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a short-lived game for sure. But yeah. it's just one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, it is surprising that the kid who was raised by a Conservative Party member and spent his time going to uh, far-right rallies and Conservative <laughs> pol political events didn't come across many black people. Yeah. That is odd to me, that in yeah. his, his childhood was populated almost entirely by white yeah. men. You didn't see any at the National yeah. Front meetings <laughs> yeah. you went to. Yeah. That's surprising. It is surprising, you know, that, that kind of, like, cabal of multiculturalism that is the far right. Yeah, the, or just the Conservative Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Famously diverse. So yeah, and in in, in um, after his sort of like early flirtations with the National Front, <laughs> uh, he ended up at Cambridge uh, in the late seventies, nineteen seventy-seven. I think he started. Uh, he studied history and law. Um, ended up with a two-two, hmm. uh, and um, he became an avid boxer at Cambridge. Semi-professional, excuse me, semi-professional boxer at Cambridge. Um, he's still an avid boxing fan, though he gave it up due to hand injury. Apparently, yeah, um, it probably didn't help losing his depth perception. Oh, this was before the <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's not really a great boxer now, is when he? When did no, he no. lose his eye? What was it? Mid? It must be midlife. Well, it was nineteen ninety, so he would have been thirty-one. Yeah, thirty or thirty-one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, so he he's apparently a fan of um, Amir Khan. Yeah, and was at the time that Khan was more. Yeah, um, but he uh, he's he's also he's he has said that Amir Khan, despite being a fantastic boxer, should be forced out of the country. Yeah. Um, He's denied saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I think yeah. it's, I think it's like, it, it. There's footage of him like saying, or like he's on the, he's gone on the record saying that. Yeah. Um, but it's he's believable. He said mm -hmm. he admired. He admired. But you made that. You made a really good uh, 
good point that it's um, insane that it, <laughs> the man who he hates all people, like all black people, all, all, all any, people like, of color, all people of color, apart from the notable exception of the ones that uh, have to be beaten up for entertainment. <laughs> yeah, he he hates. He hates all he hates all people who aren't white, um, but he's quite happy for them to fight for his amusement. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. suffer great long term brain damage. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, but that's the sort of he, that's sort of like. Uh, I think he if if whenever he's like watching, whenever he would watch Khan fight, he would just sort of like daydream that he was. He was like a, a degenerate brigadier in the British Raj, yeah. <laughs> like forcing, forcing people to fight for his entertainment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's well, that's one sort of contradiction. There are other contra- sort of weird, quite bizarre contradictions that come uh, later on in his sort of story. Uh, after graduating from Cambridge, he became a lot more involved in the National Front. Um, he became a national organizer in '78, uh, and he started he started making sort of weird cultural inroads in the movement. Um, mm. He uh, he helped set up the White Noise Music Club, uh, and he got involved in the Rock Against Communism movement. Uh, interesting enough, a fact about that is he he used his dad's estate in Suffolk. He used his dad's estate in Suffolk to put on um, white power, yeah, uh, rock against communism, yeah, mu- uh, music concerts. Um, this would have been all at the same time as that. Uh, he ended up. Uh, he worked his way to the national director, which was essentially the leadership of the National Front. Um, he contested seats in South London. He contested the Croydon North West seat in the by-election in 1981 and in the 1983 general election. Um, and he, he was fucking destroyed. <laughs> um, uh, which brings us, I suppose, into the, into the uh, 1980s, uh, it, during, wh- during which time the National Front began to disintegrate and tear itself apart. Um, largely, largely, I suspect... Because there was a similar, um, there would have been a similar phenomenon that we see now in that members of like the organised far right would have started joining the Conservative Party. Yeah, at the yeah. time, which would cause um, organisations like that to disintegrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a period of turmoil in many ways for for Griffin and his contemporaries within the NF, notable people like uh, Roberto Fiore. Yeah. Uh, the proud, the proud fascist, <laughs> Roberto Fiore, who's now, um, what's the name of that group, Dave? Well, he said, yeah, later, that sort of... Him and Griffin have sort of re- reunited. Him and Griffin have set up this kind of, um, I mean, I'm sure the we'll APF. talk about it briefly, but the APF. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly European. later on, so... Fiore will come up later on. Um, but yeah, no, no, I mean, in that time as well, they were really good mates. They were. Then they had they set up this bizarre thing. Did you read about this? Called Easy London? Which yeah, is a sort did, of a, a, like yeah. a subletting agency to kind of help Italians moving from 
Italy to London, kind of find uh, cheap accommodation and help well, they get really, jobs. It still exists. They've had a yeah. They love they love Italian. Uh, I mean, they've got that connection with the NAR, that Italian. That was what a lot of Britain First was. The way that they set it up was partly based on that, which is yeah, a, yeah. a far yeah. right, uh, the far right group that was uh, um, found guilty of committing the Bologna massacre. You know that. Like, yeah, that's why Fiore was in um, was in London, wasn't it? it was yeah, exactly. Yeah, to escape a warrant. Yeah, uh, but there is a, a slight irony in um, in in Nick Griffin setting up a company that. Uh, facilitates ste- yeah, immigration steals our houses so people can steal <laughs> yeah. jobs as he would put it you know um yeah yeah it's very uh very true and and one of the sort of weird kind of contradictions that um so he be- he became during this period as well another another couple of weird contradictions he became quite a um controversial figure in the National Front for praising and showing admiration for figures like Louis Farrakhan, the black, yeah. the black yeah. nationalist, um, and uh, Colonel Gaddafi, and the Ayatollah Khomeini, um, both of which he uh, reached out to and tried to form alliances with, strangely enough. I think he tried to get funding off Gaddafi. Yeah. Um, and he tried to sort of like reach out the sort of hand of comradeship to <laughs> David, this sort of deluded kind of like, oh, he's sort of like a zealot and likes murdering people. Well, there's a bit of anti, there is a bit of anti-Semitism in there as well, isn't there? There it's is, like, yeah, kind of, yeah. I think in um, both. Well, in all three is, of Gaddafi them, yeah. was a sort of weird, th- I mean, I don't know that much about it, but Gaddafi was a third way guy, wasn't he? He had his yeah, green book. Yeah. And there's some sort of weird nationalist kind of, the other thing he's into very much, isn't it, is in like insular foreign policy. Doesn't yeah. It? Nick Griffin yeah. is like a non-interventionist, which is yeah, yeah. So people around the world. Yeah, like he um, he campaigned for us to. Um, he flew to Syria to speak with, like, officials in Syria yeah. and claims to have had a hand in causing um, that letter that was sent to the British. So like that open letter to Parliament saying don't please don't get involved in oh, really? Syrian yeah. war. Yeah. Um so yeah, after these sort of weird inroads into international anti Semitism, he um <laughs> he left kind of as part of a long process left the the National Front in nineteen eighty nine. Um him and Fiore along with uh the heroic Derek Holland and Patrick Harrington. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would make a case of saying that actually, it's probably more appropriate to use the word graduated <laughs> than left. Yeah, no, that's quite a good. Yeah, yeah. They tried to form um, the international thir- third position, <laughs> which is a, a continuation of the political soldier faction of the NF. Yeah, who yeah, yeah. were um, they were really into like. A re- they're really into like a return to feudalism. Yeah, yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. It's like sort of really sort of. Um, well, it's like ultra conservatism in 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 that regard. Um, 
I mean, it's weird because these other political movements are kind of, are meant to be kind of pro worker, but the idea of returning to feudalism, feudalism yeah. <laughs> is a bit all over like, the shop. Yeah, it's, yeah it's he just has no idea. Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, yeah, then uh, there's kind of he, he lost his eye, famously. Now, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. lost <laughs> lost his eye in France when uh, he got his um, he got his face blown off by a. A um a shotgun shotgun cartridge. cartridge that was left in a bonfire. Yeah. Uh, he also filed for bankruptcy the same year. There are speculations that he lost his eye on a survivalist manoeuvre, training for a coming race war. So that's quite good. Yeah, uh, that's probably very yeah. feasible. I mean, he his, <laughs> his story is the shotgun cartridge. Story. I would I would quite like to run a um survivalist training camp for far right people that teaches you in the coming race war to just shoot yourself in the eye yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first first yeah. line of defense <laughs> yeah. put a shotgun barrel in your he eye he did survive though yeah he so, did well the survivalist yeah. aspect of it i guess yeah <laughs> it's quite effective well yeah. you know you've got then you've got to start raising questions of um you know i mean he's always been a devout christian yeah that seems like a miracle to me Personally, <laughs> it gets the opposite. Yeah. God looks after his own. It would have been a miracle if he had died. <laughs> there, were, there was, I mean, there are there was good aspect of it happening, wasn't there? Because that sort of forced him into bankruptcy. Yeah, and so he would have been very unhappy and depressed, which I like to imagine. Yeah, yeah. He. It's well, just a shame he didn't. You know, try again. Yeah, yeah. His. It was Pop kind of. A, it was a road to Damascus. Um, uh, figuratively, of course, in yeah. recent years he's 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 gone on a literal road to Damascus. Yeah. It seems. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. How Very good. Rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, smart. Yeah. So, uh, sort of after that, uh, when he lost the eye and lost all his lost all his uh, dosh. It's sort of like moped around on the fringes. He sort of like fell out of politics a bit. Uh, sort of got involved in some half-assed Holocaust denial. You know, uh, he facilitated. He facilitated. He facilitated um, an event for David Irving. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he crossed paths with David Irving way too many times <laughs> to, yeah. for it to be. Oh, they all fu- yeah. they all fucking they all just suck each other off and, and yeah. Just I mean, no, but his like out. he didn't anyway flirt with Holocaust denial. He absolutely expounded Holocaust denial. Went before. No, he did. I'm not saying he yeah. flirted with it. I'm just saying it 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 must have been quite half assed Oh, oh, yeah. In the sense of it, he's sort of like, oh, well, I sort of want to, I kind of want to keep, the, I want to keep hope alive. <laughs> but at the same time. I want to like I'm just, I've just fallen out of love with politics. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think for those pe- kinds of people, like Holocaust denial is not really about politics. It's more of a hobby. Yeah. Sort of something you do on a Saturday. Yeah. What are you doing this Saturday? I'm denying. It's like having a mild interest in sort of vintage cars. Yeah, or archery. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just sort of. The Venn diagram of those three interests yeah. might have a. Yeah. <laughs> um. So until uh, the early 90s, where he sort of began a gradual return into politics, joined the BNP, 
1995. Um, the BNP, not to be confused actually with the BNP of the 1960s, which was a uh, joint venture by two, two, um, two men called Colin Jordan and John Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a joint. It, it was a merger of their organisations, the NLP, which is the National Labour Party, and the WDL, the White Defence League. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> one is a little bit more on the nose than the other. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, one of them's very Trojan horse. It's like the sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Labour. That's oh, yeah. National National <laughs> yeah. Labour Party. Oh yeah, right. no, I, I white defence league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess they they merged the two together. They uh, called it the British National Party, uh, but that that is a very different entity from the British National Party that I'm now referring to, which is the British National Party that we know and love, that we yeah. know and adore. Yeah, yeah. That Nick Griffin joined in 1995. This at the time was chaired by John Tyndall. <laughs> A again like a, a like a open, proud, unashamed neo Nazi. Yeah. Um he became a protege of Tyndall's almost. Uh he became a columnist for two of Tyndall's Nazi mags, Spearhead and the Rune. Um there's quite an inter- it's well it's not interesting, it's fucking boring. <laughs> but um he then went on to stab Tyndall in the back uh, by... Not literally. Unlike, of course, Mark Collett was playing <laughs> yeah. later on in this story. Um, yeah, so he, he ran... Later on in the story, he ran against Tyndall for the leadership and beat him. At, uh, at which point, Tyndall threw a massive strop and uh, sort of wrote like a really long rambling column in Spearhead... Um, bitching about Griffin, uh, one one uh, one of the headings of which because there's there's several headings, like addressing the several ways in which he felt Griffin had betrayed him, and uh, they're like all sort of named. They're like headed really weirdly. One of them's called one of them's called Griffin, biting the hand that fed. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fucking bitchy and kind of entitled, aren't yeah. they, these people? That's part of their sort of... I think partly that... I mean, one of the things that they all seem to have in common is this sort of narcissism. I mean, they like, they like the idea of them being like a... Uh, uh, like Hitler figure, you know, like having a kind of cult of personality around them. Yeah. When in fact, it's just these sort of half-brained racists. Who, yeah. Well, I think that they've. I think that they've got a weird combination of some sort. They've got a severe loyalty complex, which is, you know, plays into their absolute devotion to the royal family. Like, I mean, when he was he was invited by, uh, um, who was the guy who got onto the London Assembly? Yeah. The BNP member who got onto the London Assembly. He he was invited to be that guy's guest at uh, the Queen's. Garden Richard Barnbrook. Yeah, Barnbrook, that's <laughs> yeah. it. He invited Nick Griffin to be a guest to the garden party at the palace. Yeah. And Griffin said turned it down because he didn't want um 
he didn't want in any way to draw possible negative media attention to the royal family. Yeah. Held it in too high regard. He later, when invited by personally by the palace, uh, agreed that he would go. And they were like, "Please, and, uh, <laughs> please, yeah. yeah. We've got some really good home movies. We think you'd like. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was Philip like that. Philip's like his biggest fan. So he's like, yeah. He's like, please, they're like they're, they're like you. Philip will be so upset. Yeah, he'll just hide in his he room. Does he'll all be the distraught. crosswords in the back of your magazine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just, just, it's just race, racist words. <laughs> he'll, it's just all slurs. Yeah, it's just all slurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that they've got yeah, like the a clues weird... are just other slurs as well. Yeah, <laughs> another word for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that they've got this kind of odd loyalty complex, but also they have a sort of. Uh, kind of gregarious individual um, thirst for power. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a weird thing that if the idea of someone crossing them yeah. in their own movement is like if you the slightest betrayal you're you're done. That's like yeah yeah. Uh, but but you are allowed to fuck people over to get to the top because they're not quite. They're not doing the right wing the right way. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, however you justify it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens in all these movements. They're extraordinarily petty. It's, yeah. It's that they're they're like farcically um like farcically petty and like yeah. touchy. Yeah, they just they um yeah. They don't, they're not as charismatic as they think they are as well. No, they're really There's not. Like a... Griffin's one of the lead... Like, he's he's described in some uh, terms as charismatic, but he's one of the least charismatic people ever. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. fucking off you need to look. All you need to do is look at his uh, cookery show oh, to see Christ. how uncharismatic he actually is. That's the longest yeah. half an hour. You know. Actually, yeah. The the table that he that he shares the food with is is like a, just a sinkhole for charisma. It's like that yeah. is the, the the worst table that you can imagine being seated at. Yeah, fuck. He's really he's vile. I think there is something that I mean, actually having trawled through all these, you know, this filth, there is something about his. He does have a sort of. He genuinely believes in like the white replacement and the Kalergi plan, all this stuff. And I think that kind of that that all the charisma he has is to do with this kind of weird, like uh, like he's like genuine about it. He's fuck. He's racist and horrible, yeah. but it's not about you know. He like he believes in all the shit he's saying rather than just being a sort of yeah grandstander. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he definitely does. And when you see him on... I think that now with like someone like, for example, Trump, who is obviously incredibly right-wing in all of his personal views, his ability to just kind of lie on a platform and, and just change what he's saying every so yeah. often. Nick Griffin on that, even on that question time thing he's like the one i don't know he's not got as much gall as other politicians yeah when they're yeah. like do you deny that you said this about the holocaust not happening he's like well 
I'm, I'm I'm not committed to Holocaust denial. I don't think there's a problem with the numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, so I was never convicted of Holocaust denial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was never convicted of Holocaust denial. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you got me. Yeah. Um, um, but he's he's less sort of weird, weirdly, and I don't mean this in a in a in a um, complimentary sense whatsoever. He's he's less of a sort of cynical opportunist in yeah. the sense of sort of like seizing on a xenophobic attitude yeah to to for like as a means to a political end um he gen like that's which is so, it's something that's quite scary but he genuinely sincerely believes what he's saying yeah I mean, I think like the the cooking, his cooking in video, is a really good demonstration of that. That he, he's genuine. He's thought that people, he's spoken to people, and they've said that it's really, it's expensive to eat good food. And yeah. He's genuinely like recognised that as a problem for people in the poorer part of society. So he's decided that he's the one who's gonna. Yeah. He's gonna solve the problem by teaching them how to cook stew. <laughs> but it's like a—I mean, he, yeah, he genuinely is. I don't know. It, yeah. it seems like. There's also say what you will about that cookery program and about you know the views he holds, but that is a good example of um, he is defending the the sort of British tradition of cooking absolute filth. Yeah. yeah, just sort of brown mess that's like slopped onto a plate. <laughs> boiled, yeah, it's served, it's served, boiled it's meat, served in sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised actually when he was talking about putting Tabasco in it. Yeah, yeah it was like bit... fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, Nicky. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> bit, fuller, bit spicy. Wow. Yeah. Um, you go. <laughs> you go, girl. Isn't that a bit foreign, Nick? Yeah. yeah. No, Tabasco's very much... Uh... Tabasco's quite a right-wing source in my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like sort of confederate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, says yeah. it comes from the, like, some like a Louisiana plantation. Yeah. yeah. We've got Absolutely. different ways <laughs> down here. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure that, that Tabasco made that stew absolutely delicious. It looks good. Yeah. It looked incredible. Yeah. I like the way he, he sort of... It reminds me of a cow shitting, the way it, like, slops oh. off that, like, ladle into their bowls. Yeah. Well, they and all they said it was... His, they say it's delicious, like they're, like, they're in a, like they're hostages in an ISIS video. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Nick. Oh, no, no, no. Honestly, uh, first class. Yeah. <laughs> That that's really lovely. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're promoted. <laughs> yeah. What what a horrible man. But it is interesting that it became such a. I mean, like the you in terms of like personal memories of. I have really strong memories of the BNP, but Britain First is something that I don't know. It, BNP is definitely the the most successful actually in terms of garnering political power and national. Yeah, he did, he scale. did the best. I think there are a few things that are interesting about him 
as BMP leader. Yeah. He did the best job, for sure, of unifying those groups. We're talking about Dowson trying to unify, yeah. kind of trying to do the same, and they all end up getting pissed and fighting. Yeah. Griffin's much better, was much better at making it a kind of broad church. And he's yeah. also... His, I think you can kind of see the BMP as kind of a blueprint for what the Conservative Party's become, in a way, in that it's kind of trying to... It was trying to do a thing where it was, like, appealing to working-class voters, you know. Part of the thing about that cookery show is he's saying he's, like, anti-Tory cuts. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's cooking, from he's a, cooking a, how to cook yeah, away on the a but, Tory Yeah, Tory blues. blues, yeah, that's the title of, of the... So he's always, like... I mean, the Tories do pay sort of lip service while still savagely cutting public services. Yeah. They do pay lip service to this idea that austerity's finished and uh, the problem is immigration, which is yeah. kind of the, the messaging that made the BMP popular at that time, that, like, 2009, whenever it was. Fresh out, fresh out of the... Uh, like, well, that 2009 was the year, like, it was out of the frying pan into the fire sort of thing. Yeah. In that, we were fresh out of the uh, 08 crash and, like, that That was the beginning of the right-wing nightmare that we're in now. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have a first BNP memory? When did you first <laughs> notice them? Uh, I do remember my membership card dropping <laughs> <laughs> through the front. That's one of my happiest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember an extremely handsome uh, doorstepper canvasser <laughs> coming to my house. Very square jawed, blonde yeah. haired, yeah. blue eyed, very Swedish looking. He took me upstairs and taught me all the. I sat but... on his knee, and and he said, um, you know, he he bounced me around on his knee. Uh, and I got quite upset, but he said, um, he said, I'd better not tell anyone because I'd get in trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sort of bittersweet moment. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the reason why, why I asked if there was a moment that, that first came to your attention is because I remember really clearly the after 7-7, the thing of the flyers that they... Oh, they dropped God. flyers all over London saying, um, do you think it's time to start listening to the BNP now? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, and, you know, we talk about it being like one of the most, there's loads of reasons maybe why it became so, such a big party. It's unprecedented, like, unprecedented that a far-right party would be that popular in the UK of like, him yeah. ending up on Question Time, then getting to... MEPs, which is obviously probably like their moment that they were most legitimate in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of it was that it was kind of. I know that thing of timing that it came at the at the same time as probably the worst terror incident in in British history, and like yeah. that whole moment of fear, and yeah. it was combined with the massive kind of immigration. That was such a fear at the time. That, yeah. But I really remember that flyer thing. It was really... Yeah, I remember the question time thing as well. Yeah. And I remember... Yeah. That was a bit later, wasn't it? That was... Yeah. I do the whole Stephen Lawrence unpleasantness. Yeah. Yeah. Where he called him a bully. 
and suggested he was stealing other students' lunch money for some reason. Yeah, I, I've got the... I mean, for I've got the so quote. Much. It's just so, like... That's just so, sort of, like, unnecessary. Called him a drug dealer yeah. and, a, and a bully. Yeah. Jesus Christ. In the way, after he'd just been murdered in a race. Dogs town. around London. Was that back in... Leaping was that, up. Was that in 93, when it... when? Around the time of the murder. No, no, I think it was quite late. Wasn't it? Yeah. So his, his his hate speech trial was what two thousand and four, two thousand six. Yeah, but the the um, information from it only got released got released much later, didn't it? Oh right, yeah, it was a two thousand four documentary, two... and they were acquitted in two thousand and six. Yeah, and Mark Collett. Of... So the Guardian got <laughs> hate speech, and they did that. And that's when there's hilarious photos of them popping champagne. Yeah, and like. Yeah, the Guardian yeah. had a journalist Im- embedded in the BNP. He was oh, like right. their, he was their London campaign executive or something. An infiltrator. And, yeah, literally, and they yeah. made a TV show. Well, the BBC did it and had a TV show. Yeah, and then, um, and then that prompted an inqu- a police inquest. It's good that it goes that way around. Though, isn't yeah. It? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to oh, fucking fine. look into them now. <laughs> how? Oh god! How did you? None of you see that they were going to release this. But then could also, have it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, actually, yeah, no, it's fine. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, then you know, I think that by by two thousand and thirteen, when he, I mean, he did the whole thing of. When when he came into the BNP, he did manage to transform it into, I mean, a bit like we saw with Dowson. Well, thank, thanks in large part. Thugs. Thanks in large part to Dowson. Yeah, he was able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Through the money that Dowson was able to funnel into. Yeah, and Which raise it, for. Again, a lot of it came from far right, from American yeah. far right groups. There's a big well, yeah. question yeah, mark yeah, over yeah. funding. Yeah. Well, um, he claims that the reason that one of the reasons the BMP fell apart is because American Zionist groups wanted them wanted to give them a lot of money in exchange for them not talking about the banking sector or Israel and just focusing on Islamophobia. And he says that then other like Britain first accepted a lot of money from American Zionists. I'm sure it's complete fabrication. Um, that's his kind of... He quite likes a conspiracy so, theory, particularly when it involves a certain group of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's quite fond of... I mean, but he he's like... In the um, Question Time appearance... Sorry to keep going back to it, but he... Um, I'd, I, I'd, you'd sort of be forgiven for thinking he was like the greatest friend of the Jewish people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by what he's... By the shit that he's saying on that. Yeah, Hamas murderers and all and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's like a he's a bit of a bit of a hero. <laughs> sure. All he doesn't like is you know the type of people who own all the media properties and are in charge of the banking sector. Yeah, that's yeah. all he's saying. But you know, as as every dog in a, in a <laughs> yeah. hundred meter radius goes fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he actually uh, he gave quite a powerful speech when he was winding down his uh, 
um, when he admitted when he announced in 2013 that he would stand down as leader to focus on his European Parliament election campaign, which he lost, obviously, thank God. Uh, but in I can't I can work out if it was his last speech that he gave in the European Parliament. Oh, was that the Kalergi the Kalergi plan in Kalergi. March 2014? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and in which he also is the first time. I think it was I don't know. I mean when. When he came into BNP, he made it very clear that members were not to voice anti-Semitic opinions in public. This was one of the things that that Guardian journalist, undercover Guardian journalist, yeah. found, um, was that there's a lot of kind of hidden stuff. That, yeah. Um, and also the, also the the membership, because I remember the, me- the entire BNP membership got released at one point. Yeah, oh, really? I do remember yeah, that. it was a massive yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, and he and I remember, I remember him Griffin coming out and being like, "Well, I, I, I believe I know the individual responsible, but it's fine. I welcome it. I <laughs> <laughs> so brave and defiant, yeah. in the face of left wing terror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I yeah. think as well though, like didn't um, well that was part of the whole that was the whole sort of drive towards electability, which was started in in some part by the legacy of Tyndall who, who moved away from like, uh, who moved away from the sort of like outward Nazi stuff. Yeah. And, and he published a, um, he published a document. This was going, this is going back to the, um, this is going back to like the sixties where, where it was like that sort of legacy of starting to like that, that drive towards like appealing to like moderates and stuff like that. When Tyndall published a book called, uh, well, a pamphlet called uh, "The Six Principles of British Nationalism," mm. in which there were no me- no mentions of uh, national socialism or uh, or Jewish people in any way. Yeah. Um, and he's ve- he looks very handsome on the front cover of in, a, in a suit yeah, yeah, yeah. in a suit and tie. Well, like all these people, to they, yeah. they are they're the master race, and they really they to a man they really look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um. But yeah, like go and that sort of like that whole thing of like the him, him coaching members not to be outwardly anti-Semitic, <laughs> and he he had a whole thing about moving away from the ethos of the three H's, which is hobbyism, yeah. hard talk, and Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which was like well, a, a big part of their ethos, which was I think he was. I mean, he was. Tyndall. I think that him and Tyndall and. I think that they would were self-described as more Strasserite Nazis than Hitlerian Nazis. Uh, nice. Well, Strasser is uh, people call Strasser that a left-wing Nazi. Yeah, they're um, yeah, they are. They they they're more. They've got a strong critique of capitalism. That's what sets them apart from the rest of Nazism. Oh right. So they're. I mean, they've got the the same. A lot of them, they've got pretty much all the same ideals. Uh, yes. Of like ultranationalism, uh, their anti-Semitism is vaguely stronger though because they it goes into their financial policy, <laughs> yeah. but which is which is very kind of more more kind of uh, what based on workers' rights and and a kind of socialist based approach to economics. So you know there are the there is there national, national socialism. I think that that is partly why. Uh, I mean, that's partly why Farage was successful where 
Griffin hasn't been. As Farage is so economically right wing, he's kind of acceptable to like, you know, mainstream media and all that stuff. You know, he's like, yeah. Yeah. he says the right thing about how the banks aren't really to blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can waffle about like uh, London elites without actually, you know, <laughs> putting any like economic policy behind that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas one of, I think, Griffin's, you know, because you look at that, like that, go back to that question time panel. Griffin's, and one big problem is obviously his virulent homophobia and anti Semitism that he can't hide. And that's like something that stopped him from ever being properly, like, normalized into, like, the political scene. Yeah. But the, the broadly, across, the, you know, in terms of like, immigration and all that stuff, that he is. They're all in line, you know, that question time panel, they basically all agree with each other. Yeah, yeah. There's no argument about the sort of the facts behind the policy, as it were. It's just a question whether the policy is yeah. quote unquote racist. But obviously the assumption you know, I would say the assumption that immigration is bad. <laughs> it's quite a racist yeah. it's, it's right ra- well, but that's <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, but I think that so yeah, the kind of like the signal boosting of Farage is by this by the mainstream media in a way is a kind of like recognition that People, this is the way that, you know, people think. Yeah. But we'd rather have someone who is pro-banker and pro, like, the established, you know, systems yeah. of power and wealth saying exactly the same shit. Yeah. Well, they're, they're all, like, even, like, Jack Straw is talking about... Like, Jack Straw and Chris Hume are talking about at the time... Uh, that's such... It's so weird to talk about people like that because it's so sort of dated yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, But, like... So. Um, Straw and Hume are talking about aggressively racist policy. Yeah. Um, but it's just, the, the, like, they're talking about putting that into action and how that neat, like, they're, they're yeah, talking there's about... there's no question about yeah, that not they're talking, to they're talking with urgency as well. Yeah. It's like <laughs> urgent that we take and control of our borders. You have the Labour politician, like, yeah. you know, violently arguing that they have been racist in their, their immigration policy. Yeah, we yeah. are racist yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're exactly, quite proud yeah. about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we will do what well, it takes. I respect the, like, the, the theory yeah. behind Griffin's racism and his, like, his racist policy isn't questioned. That's like, yeah. accepted. Well, it's In just... a moment, it's going back to the thing, I was, you know, it's like he's, he's sort of vulgar and he's a, he's a fascist and he's yeah. too anti-Semitic and he's too homophobic. If you can get those things, you can like, move it so that those... Your your policy is effectively homophobic and well, it's the uh, idea. Yeah. racist. Well, they quote, then that's acceptable. They yeah. quote him as saying uh, Adolf went a bit too far. <laughs> yeah. But, then, yeah. but I think that's just the case on that panel of Nick went a bit too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the fact that like they they all agree, like as you're saying, Dave, like they all agree, um, and they're all aggressively racist, but they're just not all eugenicists. Yeah, well, no, yeah, but yeah. I mean, how how the fuck have we not yet spoken about the fact that uh, in the in the very same panel show they all attack him for uh, for staining the memory of Winston Churchill? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How could you how could you take the memory of Winston Churchill and say that he would support Britain first? Britain, <laughs> BNP, yeah, BNP, yeah. not Britain first. Yeah, um, he most certainly would. Absolutely, so I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they I think, haven't gone far enough. And they, they even, even like, um, even uh, oh, what's her name? Greer. Yeah, even Greer is like, Bonnie, well, not. Bonnie Greer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even, even Bonnie Greer is like, well, uh, 
there, there, some people would argue, based on certain evidence, uh, because Churchill had Apache blood, <laughs> he, yeah. would, he would not have been allowed. Winston Churchill's related to Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah, it's they're, they're, the same yeah. political dynasty. They're talking about. They're talking about. Um, they're talking about a man who was like a like. Churchill was a proud white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he carried out one of the... He would have I fucking mean, smacked her for saying that. Yeah. He carried out one of the largest genocides in African history. Yeah, and he, yeah, like, no, he ex- tried yeah. to exterminate. He curated a... He curated and hand-picked operatives for a death squad in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, but I, I do think that the whole... That whole where that discussion has gone in Britain. I mean, people like Ash Sarkar arguing about this with, you know, fucking Piers Morgan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that is a positive thing to take from this. There is, like, at least the left is represented a bit more on those... You know, the, 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 that, the idea that Churchill isn't a you know, hero is one that you can now hear. Yeah, on those sorts of programs, but at that time it was just like unthinkable. Unthinkable, yeah. But that—that's in the, in some ways it, it shows that, like, you know, we we actually this country hasn't changed since that. Like, there has been no major shift. The 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 only difference I think is that um, racism is now explicit, as opposed to being implicit. Yeah, I mean, I and, think yeah, no, I think I think yeah, no, you're right. And, and the shift. Yeah. The shift that has taken place is one to the right. I mean, that's kind of the like, but it was always there. I think in a sense. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like, even even going back to like someone like May, who is often considered to be part of the part of the conservative centre, was like aggressively, like violently, ra- like yeah, yeah, w- yeah. was was like horribly racist. In in her tenure as Home Secretary, definitely. And one of her great yeah. frustrations as Prime Minister was that she wasn't able to be as racist as she was when she was, <laughs> when she was Home Secretary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's like... Uh, well, I think there is certainly... A, I mean, that whole bit, that shift, the realisation that that vernacular was popular, that the, the, the rise of the popularity... The, I mean, I think that taking that question time as a window of what politics was like, you know, universally then, it doesn't... Do you, I mean, the, the, the rise of the BNP then was a kind of moment of realisation for the political establishment that those far-right talking points were popular and needed to be adopted. Yeah. And, I and you know, then you had the... Because uh, then we had uh, Miliband standing in front of the... Uh, you know, strong controls on immigration or whatever, chiselled into a big rock. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it was like a kind of, everyone was kind of fighting for this far right sort of pedestal. You know, bit of turf. Yeah. Like, yeah. On the kind, yeah, that sort of. But I think it also says a lot about the, the, uh, the public's politics. If you look at like the, the audience, which seems to be kind of, yeah. Very kind of self-congratulating and attacking Nick Griffin, which yeah. of course is a great thing. But they're like, they're kind of, they're like, they're jeering about immigration of like, it yeah. is a, it's, we've, we've got too many of them coming over and like, 
Yeah. The idea of that now, the popular movement that Corbyn has inspired, and the, I think that left wing politics now, yeah, is so much more developed, and you know maybe, maybe, in a way, a, a reaction against. Yeah, but we're move we're moving past like the, we're moving past almost the ne- the necessity for, a um for a dominant political force to seize upon fringe ideas which are gaining popularity. It's now like you can go straight from the source of a fringe idea and take it, st- like, through popular demand, take it straight into the mainstream. Like, you can... It's more of a direct... You can go from a direct route from the fringes to the mainstream yeah. a lot more easily, rather than, like, the status quo, the sort of, like... um the the sort of like status quo of politics at the time I'm so fucking tired I can't yeah, really yeah. <laughs> yeah. use the right words but like the st- the the sort of like dominant force at the time uh using these ideas for the, to to further their own end yeah um, or obfuscating how dedicated yeah. they were to those ideas but, yeah but now in that's, the, yeah, yeah now that's in the era true. of populism where you can come straight from the fringes into the mainstream yeah. You know, if you're if you can seize upon like if you can if you're able to manufacture and then ride that tidal wave. Well, I think that's another one of his kind of legacies is that like you know, you can just say whatever you want. He just denies yeah. in that question time thing, he just denies shit he's said. Oh yeah. He just he, calls it all yeah. a lie, he just pretends but he, he's, oh, he's not. But he's also I mean I yeah. And but he's he's much more <laughs> I don't know, people are more aware of what he says and what he does yeah. because he is a rightfully vilified character. Yeah. But when the Iraq War is brought up and the blood that's on Jack Straw's hands, it's it's moved over with the ne- very next question about what Nick Griffin yeah, had said yeah. once upon a time. Or you know, like I think that the thing the thing that really stands out watching that is that um, partly one of the things that he that he's the kind of they're outsider. The the funny the funny thing is how he's so desperately trying to latch onto this, like latch onto the terminology and the discourse surrounding like the populist right at the minute. Like um, that his one of his posts about Sinn Fein recently was the ghosts of Tone Pierce Plunkett and Michael hashtag Michael Collins must be watching in horror as hashtag Sinn Fein plays a key role in the liberal globalist hashtag Great Replacement. By pushing hashtag abortion, hashtag immigration, and hashtag gender. Confusion on hashtag Ireland. <laughs> Finishing wow. the work of Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. He's just become like a fucking old yeah, cunt. Yeah, he's just an like, old cunt, isn't he's, he? He's just become like a, a, a troll, yeah. But also, he's, since, since stepping down as leader, he, he fully reverted to just being openly... Just oh, very, 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 very Well, his whole, he wanted to move to Hungary. Even the Hungarians decided they didn't want yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, but when he, was, when he was at his most politically powerful yeah. and, and popular, he was, his kind of, he, as much as possible, he was restraining his, his racist yeah. opinions. Yeah. And I think the reason why he was popular is that on a lot of issues that obviously that affected, like, Working class people. It's this classic thing yeah. of like socialist and and far right 
politics often appealing to a similar group. In, yeah. And but not being allowed into the political establishment that that's like he's still the outsider on that panel, but he's there for a reason. Like he Yeah. There is a, a problem that is not being said. Well it's appeasement, isn't it? It's it like that's the whole like that's the centrist that's the centrist um kind of response to fascism is is appeasement. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Very definitely. I think that if, I don't know if you guys have looked at the the papers that got released from the prosecution of of him and Colette, but <laughs> if you look into the quotes from that, you really you really see how racist he was. Uh, he like he accused Hollywood of peddling a, a a anti-white propaganda. He singled out Steven Spielberg weirdly as well. That's not. I don't find that surprising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something about that name. Uh, and uh, uh, and he, you can also read some good quotes about what exactly what his views are on the Holocaust. And he says, "My views are that very large numbers of Jews, certainly, almost certainly, hundreds of thousands, were killed during the war for no other reason than that they were Jewish." In the same way that several million Germans were killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you end up with a full-scale war, then huge numbers of innocent people get, are killed. But the allegation that there was a systematic and deliberate policy whereby six million Jews were gassed to death is for a variety of forensic and common-sense reasons. Common utter nonsense. <laughs> common sense? For common-sense reasons. Utter nonsense. You can read a lot of those quotes in his voice as well. Yeah. For, uh, for, for, for myriad reasons, for common sense reasons. Yeah. To think otherwise, Griffin said, was like believing the sun revolved around the earth. He added, I will be delighted if this does come to court to, to discuss the question of the lie of the six million at length. So he really, at that point, he really just okay, wanted no. to go even on about, on about it even more. And, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, and th- obviously, eventually, they they both got their names cleared to left court to two hundred supporters who he then addressed through a megaphone. But it is the there's um I found that the BNP deputy chairman at the time, Simon Darby, later claimed that there there had been he had planned that if he had been convicted, BNP leader Nick Griffin planned to go on hunger strike. Oh, God. Yeah. No more of his delicious... No more stew. (laughs) (laughs) No more stew and hobgoblin for... (laughs) Nicholas. Yeah. Anyway, I can't be fucking bothered to talk about this cunt anymore. Yeah, yeah. too much of a cunt. A literal Nazi. A literal literal Nazi, yeah. A A literal Nazi. I'm sure he will in in the future, he will come up a bit more... Yeah, he's sort of around. Unfortunately, yeah. And if the and the other thing, I mean, like we said in the last one, but there are like it's so fucking unpopular these movements. Really, it's the same fucking five or six people just yeah. embarrassing themselves and then starting new organisations with new stupid fucking names. Yeah, um, you have to almost admire the kind of like masochistic like drive. To like carry on down it when you, you you just come up against sort of like every kind of like 
you're outed as as being like a fraudster and like a, yeah, a, a yeah. fucking like but you know, um, whatever. Yeah. Well, you've got a mission. You can't just give up. So many times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, that's part of the thing with Griffin's like genuine belief that the the state is again like that he is like a white Mandela. Yeah, and like that, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the state is. That's is, a good way of putting it. It's exactly. Out, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what people. I think people have like talking about people like Tommy Robinson. Like he's genuinely being referred to in those terms. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that that I think wraps up uh, wraps up episode two of Fastronauts. Fastronauts. Yeah. I've been Osh. Yeah. You still are. <laughs> you will continue to be. <laughs> I, I've been Ivo. <laughs> Apparently, we're doing this. <laughs> okay, I'm Osh. <laughs> I've been Dave. Yeah, we say it at the mm. top, though, right? <laughs> then. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll summed. maybe we'll put in the um, the book whiz now. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. A suitably cheerful song uh, yeah. to play you out on. <laughs> See you on the other side. Shabam, pow, blop, whiz. Shabam, pow, bop, whiz. Je distribue des swings et des supercutes. Ça fait, Vlad, ça fait, et ça fait, ou bien, ou parfois même. Shabam.